That was awesome, wasn't it? Love Easter morning praise. <laughs> so good. Okay, guys, could we have the scripture up, please? I wonder whether we might stand for the scripture, actually. Nathaniel often has us do that, doesn't he? It's the gospel reading um, this morning. It's a very, very powerful reading, one of the real kind of um, central things to our faith. So let's stand with respect as we read it. So early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of living lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it who you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have yet to ascend to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Would you like to be seated? Such a powerful scripture, isn't it? Such a powerful testimony. Those of us who were here this morning uh, will have heard Bishop Toby um, talk about this scripture a little bit. And he was talking about how um, Jesus made, us, made everybody he met stretch. And so he had us doing exercises outside at 7 o'clock uh, this morning and thinking about the different ways in which um, Jesus stretches us. Um, I wasn't going to do that this, uh, this, this morning. But I do have one of these. Anybody else got some of these this morning? Yeah? Anybody else got one? Is it just me? <laughs> Must only be me who's got an Easter egg this morning. Surely, who's got Easter eggs this morning? 
Oh, a few. There's a few Easter eggs. Remarkably few, though. I have to say, I only got this one because it was, um, it was going cheap in uh, Aldi yesterday. The mermaid that was supposed to be attached to it had obviously been taken by somebody who shouldn't have taken it. And so this was reduced. So I thought it would be a good kind of sermon illustration anyway. So why do you think we have eggs? It's the day that we celebrate the resurrection. Why do we have eggs? New life, yeah. New life's one thing. Stone was rolled away and the tomb was left empty. And this was a cheap Easter egg, so there isn't even anything inside it. <laughs> I guess I got my pounds worth out of it, though. So, And the kids are going to do an Easter egg trail later and they will no doubt find, find the rest. But it's interesting, isn't it, this kind of... Easter morning moment, um, it's one of those moments where you realize that, again, that time has been torn in two, the old has passed, the new has begun. And um, some of you have journeyed with us through the whole Holy Week kind of piece. We got together on Monday, Thursday, and we celebrated a meal a bit similar to the Passover meal that Jesus celebrated with his disciples, time of great excitement, a time of celebration, remembering the freedom from captivity. And then we went in from there to the, um, the garden and the loneliness and the isolation that Jesus felt as his followers kind of went. And then we went into Good Friday, and some of you were here as we had the Tenebre service, the service that goes from light into darkness as we follow through. Uh, what happened to Jesus in those final moments of his life. Yesterday, I was at uh, the cathedral in the evening. They had a vigil. This is an ancient Christian ceremony where you gather together, and it's almost as if you're gathering in the tomb, in the dark, and you re-listen to the story of God, that story that starts in Genesis and ends in Revelation. Um, But you talk it through from Genesis through to the point where we're just waiting on the brink for Jesus to rise from the dead, telling each other, encouraging each other with the stories of God, how God has journeyed with his people and journeyed through uh, to this moment in time. And then you come to Easter morning, and that moment when Mary goes to the tomb and realizes the stone has been rolled away. And just remember that she... uh, I think in that moment, realized that not only had life changed for her forever, but life for everybody had changed forever. The new kingdom of God was breaking in, and she was one of the first to witness that and had to go to tell the the disciples, well, the male disciples, what was going on. Of course, as a woman, I love the fact that the first two evangelists, the first two people who share the good news that Jesus is alive are, are the women. (laughs) <laughs> I know, amazing stuff, isn't it? Amazing stuff. So it's really, I've got, I could do with some volunteers actually for this next little bit of my talk. So I need three people, please. Could I have three people to come and just help me for a moment? Hopefully this will help make it memorable. Carolyn's always one of the first up. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, Teo. I could do with somebody else as well. Oh, there we go. I've got Chris. Fabulous. Excellent. What a great, what a great trio. Thank you. So, Chris, what have you got? 
and exclamation marks. So just thinking about that story, what do you think was causing people to exclaim? Thinking about across the week. Any thoughts? What might people have felt on Good Friday, maybe? What do you think was going through their minds? If you'd been following Jesus and then you'd just seen him crucified, what might have been going through your mind? Despair, Despair. yep. Disappointment. Anger. Anger. Confusion. Confusion. Sorry? Indignation. Indignation at what's happened. Indeed. Okay, Carolyn, one for you. You have question mark. What do you think the disciples might have been thinking about in terms of the questions now? They followed Jesus. They thought that he was going to be the one that was going to overturn the Romans. Questioning. Wondering what's happened. What's happening next? What's going on? Yeah, all of those things. Theo. You're a full stop. You're a full stop. <laughs> no, it's the right way up. <laughs> it's the right way up, full stop. They're round, so they don't have a way up. No. <laughs> it's been a long week. It's been a long week. Full stop. What do you think might have caused the full stop? What might that, what might that be around? Death. Yeah, death has ended it all. All of their hopes and their dreams, everything that they hoped was going to happen with Jesus had ended. A full stop had taken place. And, you know, again, coming back to the questions, is this the end? Is this the end of it all? What do we do now? So lots and lots of confusion, lots and lots of questions, lots and lots of exclamation marks. Of course, Good Friday ends, doesn't it, with that great exclamation from the cross. It is finished. They must have been questioning, what does that mean? Is that Jesus who's finished? Because he was. You know, what, what is it that's finished? But that great cry actually was the thing that shifted the whole thing, didn't it? The thunder came, the lightning came, the, t the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two... And so what happens is this exclamation mark turns over, turns round, and we discover that actually this seismic shift means that everything that we've done wrong, all of the things that have kept us back, kept us away from God, have now been paid completely in full. And interestingly, the, the, the Aramaic word that Jesus exclaimed from the cross, it is finished, we translate it, actually means something like, it is completely paid. It is paid in full. Everything is accomplished. Do you want to turn yours around? I've already talked about this a couple of times. So you probably can't see this picture too well. And I don't know, have we got the slides up at the back, guys? Maybe not. But this is a picture of the temple curtain being torn in two. So the, the curtain was the bit that kind of protected God's presence from his people. Only the high priest was allowed to go into the temple. And that was only once a year to go into the presence of God. But on Good Friday, this temple curtain split unexplainably, other than by God, from top to bottom. 
God's presence was now not behind a curtain, but was now open to everybody. And then thirdly, again, it's not a great picture. Oh, here we go. The empty tomb. I think we're about probably quite a number of slides further on there, guys. If you can get there. doesn't matter if not. You might be able to see enough. Basically, this is a depiction of the stone being rolled away. So now we've got the breaking in of God from his presence coming from the temple out into the whole world. And death just can't contain Jesus. The tombstone is rolled away and Jesus is risen. And you know the disciples are yet to find out exactly what that means. But we know what it means because it means that from that point on, the power of Jesus passes from one generation to the next and that story that I talked about that we began in the uh, darkness of the cathedral and that Christians have talked about for generations that begins with, gen with Genesis and rolls through to Fountains Church in 2023. You know, we have that invite now to join in that story, that God story. Now, I know that for many, could you turn that back? For many people, that still brings around an exclamation. For many people, there's still that question, how can I believe? How can I believe in this Jesus, Messiah, who's raised from the dead? It all seems like something which is far too distant from me to understand. But I know for you guys here, for many of you guys here, and for myself, we've seen too much, haven't we, to know that actually this is a reality. And it means that, put the questions in. And it means that there are still people around, though, who would like to believe, but as yet can't. And they've just not got to that position yet where they are able to see the good news of Jesus. And so it's interesting, isn't it, that the first thing that Jesus says to Mary is to go and to tell. And I think one of the things that we, uh, we do and perhaps are beginning to do quite well here at Fountains is to begin to find people who think that God is impossible for them. People who think that God isn't interested in them because they've been too bad or because their life is too chaotic or because um, they're too engaged in something else. We, as Jesus' people, are the people who need to be able to come into these places where people have questions and be able to make God possible for them. And then finally, we go back to our full stop because what we discover is actually death is no longer a full stop for us. But actually, the full stop becomes... I'm not very good at drawing. This was why I was hoping that Kim was going to do some of this for me. I need my artist in residence. Sorry, Kim. <laughs> but I knew you'd already got enough to do without doing my drawings for me. So what's that become? What does that become? The full stop becomes a... a Oh, here we go, you have to pick it up. A semicolon. What does a semicolon do? Somebody tell me. What does a semicolon do in a sentence? It starts a new thought, doesn't it? It starts, it starts a new thing. So actually for us, for our lives, our lives will come to an earthly end. But that's not, that's never going to be a full stop. That's always going to be a semicolon because it means that something else is going to continue 
beyond. We have that life that goes beyond. But not just that. As we come to the point like Georgia did today and we say, actually, I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to follow Jesus, it means that, again, in our lives today, we also have that opportunity to restart. Now, I don't know, you know some of you will have had a, a go through those baptism vows that we did earlier. Maybe some of you have gone through that kind of thing a lot of different times. I tend to do it about every, at least every year, I renew my baptism vows, and every time it's special. But maybe for somebody out there today, or maybe a few people out there today, you've never made that decision to actually go, do you know what? I really want my old style of life to end. That, that place where my sin, where all the things that I've done wrong blocks me from God, that thing where actually some of the sinful things that I've done have caused me great shame. Maybe you want to turn from that and turn to Jesus, just as our baptism vows pointed us today. And if you'd like to do that, then we would love to pray with you. Come and have a conversation with me or a conversation with Andy or these guys behind here. I know all of them. No one loved Jesus. Come and have a conversation with us because... If you said those baptism vows for the first time, then you are now a follower of Jesus. But what you need to do is to find out what the next steps in learning to follow him are. And we'd love to be able to help you with that. So let's just pray together. I think we should have a communal bath time at some point, really, shouldn't we? (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the joy of Easter. Thank you, Lord, that even though we've journeyed along and we know that there's been lots of exclamation marks along the way, lots of question marks along the way, lots of full stops and lots of some semicolons, Lord, we thank you that you journey with each one of us. And Lord, on this Easter morning, we once again commit our lives to you. We turn around from the bad stuff that's happened, from the evil that's attracted us, from the things that we should not have done, and we turn towards you as our loving Heavenly Father, knowing that all you want is to love us and to hold us. So Lord, as we continue to worship and praise you, would you draw us closer to you? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much.